This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham. It is a Wednesday. Nobody's in the basement. I mean, nobody. There's no Captain Ron. There's no Robert. I haven't even seen Otto straddle down the highway yet. I don't know where he is. But I do have Chester and Fuller. But back in Cartersville, fresh off the golf course, is the one and only voice of the Falcons, Wes Durham. Wes, good morning. What's up? I'm good, Pac. How are you? Great to be back with you this morning. Hope you're well. I am uh, just fine, thank you. Another day in paradise. Uh, Brother Fuller and Chester had their uh, noses pressed up against the door looking for the car zipping in here. They are totally disappointed. I told them you're not going to be seen again until May 16th in the basement. So they are disappointed, to say the least. Well, um, we've had a few things go on since I took two days off, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I would say as far, forget about your two days off, I, I would say since the uh, adios of yesterday's show with Anish Shroff, the voice of the Panthers, filling in for you, yeah, uh, there was a ton that hit the streets yesterday. Uh, as far as name, image, and likeness, the NCAA coaches, what Gene Smith had to say, we're going to get into all of that during the course of the show. But you were a busy man here on the links the last couple of days. Well, it was uh, kind of the folks at the Peach Bowl to uh, include me in the Peach Bowl Challenge. Uh, it's a great event. It's uh, kind of resurfaced itself after the pandemic, like a lot of things have. And uh, fun to be down there with a bunch of coaches, uh, some of our friends, Pat Narduzzi, Dino Babers, Scott Satterfield. Uh, had a great group down there. I uh, saw Frank Beamer uh, from ACC Interest, Tom O'Brien, Dave Doran. Uh, my goodness, it was uh, it was a kind of a who's who a little bit, and uh, got to see some old friends of ours too, Bobby Johnson and uh, Chan Gailey, and guys who've been with us uh, before on this show. So uh, good to catch up with those fellas. And uh, Jim Grobe said to tell you hello. Played with him yesterday, along with Mark D'Antonio, the retired Michigan State coach. So all good people, and uh, raised a lot of money for the charities, not only that the Peach Bowl supports here in the metro atlanta area but also the individual coaches competed for it yesterday and i gotta tell you one of the great upsets in amateur golf occurred yesterday pack houston nut made a 40-foot putt on the last hole to beat rick neuheisel's team oh oh well, i'm glad to see rick's working hard for sirius xm yesterday that's good to see <laughs> well, by the way rick's got some stick now rick can play rick rick can play yeah, yeah rick, rick can play. And, uh Rick and Pat Narduzzi were beaten by Houston Nutt and Randy Edsel on a 40-foot putt on the last hole. There's the there's a group. Uh, there's all oh, the coach of the Panthers on the follow-through. Let's see. Is that Coach Gailey? No, that's Abe Dorn, I think. There's Dino. Now, Dino doesn't say he's much of a golfer pack, but I got to be honest with you. Dino can stripe it a little bit. I saw some swings yesterday on the range that uh, Orange fans would be proud of. You also probably saw some swings on the range that you closed your eyes and went, seven-hour round. Mine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Listen, as much golf as you've been playing, brother, you should be hitting that thing right down the middle. It's working itself out. It's working itself out, Pac. You know how it is. You shut it down for so long, you try and come back, and it's all over the place. We have to, you know, the Packer and Durham staff pro is Drew Brooks. We've got to all, you know, take a knee to Brooks at some point here. So I'm okay. I'm not, I haven't done exactly what I want to accomplish yet this year. So I'm, I'm getting there though. I'm okay. 
Well, congratulations to the Nutter Butter. Uh, Houston Nutt is a wonderful dude. Uh, you know, yep. for, forget about coaching all that stuff. He has fun over there at CBS doing his thing. I've done a bunch of stuff with him on radio and stuff. But, man, he's just a great guy. And I can only imagine uh, the jokes and the needles afterwards if uh, Houston's making a 35-40 foot putt for Eagle mm-hmm. on the last hole for the W. Uh, that's one you take to your grave as far as, yeah, you remember, right? It's so good wow. for Houston Nut. And again, you mentioned well, all the money for charity. It's a wonderful event. Yeah, about 300 and some thousand dollars was distributed over the uh, over the two days. And that takes the Peach Bowl challenge total now to more than $9 million in 15 years, Pac. Wow, I mean, it's great. just a phenomenal organization they do say. And, and the Peach Bowl is a community-driven game. As you remember, in the late 60s, it was – uh, inaugurated because of the Atlanta Lions Club and things like that. And remember, they used to play it at Old Grant Field. Then they moved to Fulton County Stadium where they had weather bingo every year, it seemed like, right, in Atlanta. And then in the early 90s, when they moved indoors to the Georgia Dome, the game really hit its stride. So congratulations to Gary Stoken and all those people. His staff is phenomenal. They're second to none in getting stuff done. And uh, it's a fun event to be a part of. I, I did tell Houston now, Adam Zucker and uh, Brent Stover that host those college football shows on CBS Sports Network, when when New Heisland and Houston get together now, yeah, they can forget it for the next two years because Houston is going to bury New Heisland every well, time. So, you know, there is a thing called scoreboard. Uh, I don't care yeah. what the sport is, and uh, we got no ties in golf. So, yeah, good for Nutter yeah. Butter. Like I said, he is a wonderful I, dude. So, uh, And by I the wish, way, I folks, wish, don't, folks yeah. don't understand about Houston Nutt that uh, forget football, which he certainly knows inside and out. He's a great storyteller, just a wonderful person. But I tell you what, he is a basketball junkie now. Uh, you could yeah, go was- college hoops with Houston and he doesn't miss a beat. He's on top of everything. He really, really knows his stuff. Well, and you know, Dickie Nutt is working with Dennis Gates now at Missouri. So, right. and he's a, and of course, Dickie's been a longtime basketball coach and a great guy as well. Uh, I will share with you there was a lot of interesting conversation. Coaches who are legends and coaches who are currently in the industry about kind of where all this is right now and and the movement pieces. And obviously, Pat Narduzzi was there in the in the you know kind of in the throes of the Jordan Addison situation I know you and Anish had talked about specifically yesterday but a lot of coaches there's these meetings that are coming up of course we'll be at Amelia Island next week these meetings that are coming up based on the meetings currently out in Phoenix and I know Matt Brown's coming up with us at eight o'clock this morning all of these elements pack are starting to take shape and the coaches kind of uh were leery of all the name image and likeness remember that they thought it was good, but we had to have some regulation, had to have some kind of enforcement and alignment for it. And without that, we've been all over the place, right? And a lot of these coaches were talking about that too over the last day and a half is, you know, hey, look, we got to get out in front of this a little bit. And I think that's one of the things that is most concerning to the coaches. And I'm sure that's part of the discussion point that uh, we'll have later on today when we talk about this NIL task force that all of a sudden has emerged seemingly in like the last 72 hours. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time on it in the next segment as far as details with what took place because there was so much news yesterday uh, after we said goodbye on the show that we're going to address this morning. But here's what I'm encouraged by, Wes. I don't know where this is going to go. Nobody does. But here's what I like what I heard yesterday. I like the fact that people that have some kind of power and influence – made a statement of that, hey, we're doing something. Because what bothers me, 
And what I think has bothered a lot of us as college sports fans is that mm-hmm. all of this is going at 200 miles an hour. Transfer portal, yep. name, image, and likeness, the meltdown of the NCAA, their lack of vision, their lack of doing doing anything. I love the fact that you had people that uh, that I respect saying and making comments yesterday about, hey, here's what we're working on. This is on the fast track. And to me, that is encouraging because my biggest concern is, hey, if you're going to wait for three years for Congress to do something, mm. to pass a national bill, college sports as we know it is over. It's over. I mean, I don't know what it turns and morphs into, but what we all grew up with, whether you're 60, 50, or 20 years old, whatever college sports you grew up with, that element is done. So I love the fact that there was a sense of urgency yesterday in comments that were made from coaches, administrators, and people in power. Now, where this goes, can you enforce? We'll get into this more in the next segment. But I was encouraged with the news yesterday that, you know what, not everybody is sound asleep like Mark Emmert. Let's go do something before it's too late. I love that. Mark, were were you caught, um, I guess, were you pleasantly surprised, though, to see kind of a collaborative statement made here i mean the task force and all these things that are kind of piecing themselves together it's not necessarily an ncaa function deal it's finally the kind of whatever that new line of college athletics whatever we're going to call it i mean i'm not sure title and title tag and all this other stuff but it feels like that everybody else is kind of saying okay we now understand there's a void of leadership and a void of guidance in this and we got to move forward to kind of grab hold of our sport, if you will. Wes, that's what I was encouraged by yesterday. You know, we keep saying, hey, I keep hearing, you know, Dabo and Saban, and you, know, you, mm-hmm. you, you pick your favorite coach, make comments that, hey, where we're going is a bad, rocky path. We, this is not sustainable. We need to blow it up. You've heard really prominent people that all of us love and respect and cherish as far as they understand the importance of why we love college sports. It's one thing to talk it. Who's going to walk it, right? And I thought yesterday was really the first time in a long, long time since name, image, and likeness was unveiled back in July that you got a sense that there are people that still truly care and we can make a difference. We being the collective world of college sports, that this thing can't kind of control us. We got to get in front of it. Now, it may be too late to get in front of it, because that train zipped through here July 1 on name, image, and likeness, and the transfer portal has been going on for a couple of years. And that train zipped by 200 miles an hour, and it is long down the track. So I don't think you can get in front of it, but you could certainly do some things to put some guidelines and guardrails where we have desperately, desperately needed it. So, you know, how do you fix the transfer portal? How do you fix name, image, and likeness? Can you keep boosters out with their hands in the cookie jar? I mean, all of that kind of stuff needs to be addressed. I thought yesterday, for the very first time, we got a sign that there is life of some folks that go, hey, listen, we need to do better to correct the ills right now of college athletics. And it doesn't mean taking any money out of a player's pocket. Again, I'm pro NIL. I'm pro transfer portal. But there's got to be some rules and regulations that becomes, number one, something that a student athlete can take advantage of. And more importantly, perhaps a coach Mm. can still be a coach. He knows how he or she can put together a lineup, a roster. There is a sense of normalcy, of common sense about how we can all make this a win-win proposition. I thought yesterday was a good sign. Now, how we get to the finish line, time will tell. But yesterday, I thought it was a really, really good start. 
Yeah, no question about it. Well, we'll get to all that and more coming up. We told you Matt Brown, who uh, does a terrific job with extra points. Uh, it's a newsletter that comes out that follows the business and all the analysis of college athletics. We'll talk to him. He's got a terrific podcast as well. Gabby Sanchez will be here in the 8 o'clock hour. The ACC home run race is heating up. Uh, Kevin Parada still leads the country in dingers, but also he's got some chasers to him. Brian Penske is going to be here. Yesterday named the new women's soccer coach at Florida State. He's got some ACC ties as a head coach with some success. Look forward to visiting with him. We're going to cover all that and more and get to your phone calls. Plus, John Shire talked to the media yesterday. First time is uh, really Duke's official head coach uh, confirming his staff, including Jai Lucas, the hire from Kentucky a couple days ago. So all that and more, it's a busy, busy three hours of Packer and Durham. But a uh, quick reminder to you, of course, coming up Saturday, Pack, here it is. We wondered if we would get it one more time. We're getting it at least a second time. That's number two, Boston College, and number one, North Carolina on the ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship. It is all for you live from Chapel Hill, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. And when we come back, we will get into the Bolitnikoff Award winner going into the transfer portal right at the deadline. What that means for Pitt, what that means for suitors, and ultimately, what does it mean for college football? Next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Let's get to it. There are a lot of things going on yesterday while you guys are on the links. Uh, you mentioned being with Pat Narduzzi yesterday as he teamed up with Rick Neuheisel for a runner-up finish after what uh, Houston Nutt did to him on the 18th hole. Uh, but Jordan Addison is front and center. Blitnikoff winner, terrific wide receiver, needless to say. Um, enters the transfer portal, right? Now, right. He, had, he reached the deadline. Pitt had basically two days to officially announce it. They announced it yesterday right after the show. No surprise there. Uh, don't know where his destination is going to be, but it would tell me that if he entered the transfer portal at this late date, uh, I'm selfishly hoping he stays because of ACC ties. We've had him on the show, love watching him play, but my mind tells me he is long gone. It's what my gut tells me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat there. Um, the, thing that, the thing that bothers you, now, if this were somebody at another school in another conference, we'd still be paying attention to this story, but not as much because this is the premier wide receiver in the ACC, Okay. And there is something about this, and I would use the analogy again, if it were happening at another school in another league, I would still feel the way I'm getting ready to tell you I feel. There's something about this that bothers me, Pac, with the timing, with the bump up to the deadline, with the landscape that's been dealt around college football in the last, what, 10 days to two weeks when in regards to transfers and some of it in basketball. I just don't like the way any of this looks. And I think we all ought to be uncomfortable, whether you're a Pitt fan, an ACC fan, a Mac fan, an American fan, a whatever, a WAC fan, doesn't matter. A lot of this just doesn't feel right like college football. And this, is, this may be, and, and I thought about this yesterday. You remember how Kurt Flood changed baseball? You remember that, right? essentially begot free agency in baseball. This situation here 
feels like this is going to be one of the reasons we realign and restructure transfer football, the transfer portal. This just doesn't – there's something about this that doesn't feel right, and it doesn't look right no matter where you are in college football. Um, I, I'll say this for the 1,000th time on this show or any show I've ever done. I have no problem with the transfer portal, but we need some rules and regulations. I have zero problem with student-athletes getting paid. Zero. But we need rules and regulation. I have yep. tons of problems with tampering. I think that is blatant cheating is what that is. You know what? When you have coaches, and Pat Narduzzi was on record over a month ago talking about tampering in college football, and then nonchalantly brought up Kenny Pickett's name, going, I just found out that Kenny right. Pickett had been contacted through secondary sources by Notre Dame to go. And yep. he said, I just found out about it. I have a real problem with all of that part. Uh, again, if there's rules and regulation in place for the transfer portal, I think that's great. You need to make this mm -hmm. a win-win for both the student athlete and the coach. The coach has to be able to form and regulate a roster without worrying about having to re-recruit his own players or worrying about over the middle of the night, hey, somebody got up and go, and I don't know why they're out of here. Who knows what the excuses or the reasons are. But there's got to be rules right. and regulations for transfer portal. If, if Jordan Addison or Susan Smith or Western Jr., decided to leave school and, and the rules and regulations are in place that he or she wants to get up and leave, no problem. No right. problem. If they want to go get paid by somebody else or there's a reason for them to leave, I've got no problem with that. But if somebody, whether it's the school itself, a coach, another player, a booster, you name it, is already do, t tweaking with somebody's roster as we speak by going, hey, man, He's a really good point guard, or hey, she's a really good uh, power forward, or hey, that guy's going to be a great tight end, wide receiver, court, whatever. And you start messing around, going, hey, you come over here, we're going to pay you X, we'll give you a car, you got a house, jet plane, what, whatever the, the the inducement is, that must be eliminated. And there's got to be a sanction that if and when you get caught. I mean, you get smashed to the point where, hey, you'll never do that again. There's got to be, mm -hmm. again, for every decision you make, whether you're a student athlete, a coach, a booster, a broadcaster, there. if you make a decision, there's got to be a repercussion if you cross the line. Just the way it is. So everything about this with Jordan Addison, again, from a selfish standpoint, being in the ACC, I hope he decides to stay at Pitt. Again, he hasn't determined his destination yet. He has every right to get in the portal. He has every right to go get paid whether it be by Pitt or somebody mm -hmm. else. But if the reason for jumping into portal is because I was told I'm going to be getting X, Y, and Z from school uh, ABC, that is wrong. That is dead wrong, and that has to be eliminated with the harshest sanctions known to man, in my opinion. Well, the funny part about the transfer portal, and, the, here's, the, and here's the weird tie and link to NIL. Remember when we were told that name, image, and likeness was something that couldn't go through the schools? Remember that part? It couldn't go through the athletic part. It had to go through the compliance office. Somebody had to sign off on it, but it couldn't go through the football coach, and it couldn't go through all this. So what we had was essentially the thing we had always tried to stay away from in college athletics, and that was boosters contacting student-athletes directly and now, rather than keep that wall up, we tore that wall down 
and basically made it a 16-lane superhighway yeah. in college right. athletics. That's exactly right. And exactly that right. decision alone, that decision alone created chaos. Then you add the portal. And, Mark, I don't know where you, you fall on this, but I'm of the belief that if it's a big league guy, a big-time a big time player who all of a sudden jumps in the portal, Okay, a big time guy who all of a sudden jumps in the portal and you can take your pick and pick your favorite big timer out, football, basketball, whatever. It feels like more often than not, that guy knows where they're going. That girl knows where they're going. And that should not be the case. That's not what it was designed for. It was not designed to have somebody jump on a portal on a Tuesday and commit on a Thursday. It's just not meant to be that way. And I'm going to say this, too, and this will be a wildly unpopular, and people will think I'm nuts for saying it. If we can't control it as, quote, Dr. Emmett's favorite term, the membership, if the membership can't control it, we need to wipe it out. And right now we've proven we can't control it. We have absolutely proven we cannot control the transfer portal and I'm beginning to wonder if we can control name, image, and likeness. Well, we're getting ready to find out uh, because some of the comments that were made yesterday by people in power understood, hey, we need to put our foot down and figure this out and put up some rules and regulations. And, you know, you know the NCAA, um, you know, as from an enforcement standpoint, we'll get into this later, uh, they've yet to prove that they can enforce anything. All right. So that crowd's I, I, out of. We can't get anything done there now. No, so that's I, I've, done. I put that on the back burner over here. Don't call us; we'll call you. Routine. So yep. you, you now need to get people that are currently in power in college athletics. I'm starting to talk about the best. The, hey, we got a great collection of commissioners across the land. I mean, these are the smartest people in the business. We have incredible leadership, uh, in, in as far as athletic directors go. You've got to understand that we've got to not only draw a line, but we've also got to work in conjunction with each other to make sure from an enforcement standpoint that when somebody crosses the line and Booster X decides, hey, I got a billion dollars, I'm going to pay for this, and we're going to go out and buy ourselves uh, the best quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, point guard, et cetera, et cetera, you got to put an end to it. You do. Because otherwise, college sports as we know it is over. It's over. And that doesn't mean we can't have college sports moving forward, but the sport that we all grew up with, that thing's gone, man. And I, yep. I think that is a dangerous, dangerous proposition. If you want to be NFL light, if you want to be NBA light, you know what? I, I think you're asking for a problem. I think you're asking for a serious issue. And I think there'll be a lot of people that if it turns out that that's what we end up getting us, there are going to be a lot of people right. going to find something better to do with their time and, more importantly, their money. And guess what? Well, Every athletic department in the country, and I don't care if you're the richest one in the world, you're going to look around and go, hey, where did everybody go? You, I'm mm -hmm. just telling you, this is a critical moment in college athletics. We are really at the crossroads in every sense of the word with name, image, and likeness, and the transfer portal, power, control, the dollars, you name it. It's, it's like the ultimate drama unfolding right in front of right. our very face. Well, and what we've done is we have taken the, the competitive balance of major college athletics, 
in particular football and basketball pack, and we've skewed it to the financial end. Now, have we had scenarios where there are blue bloods in both sports? Absolutely. Tradition, power, influence, all those things. But we have now opened the back door of the house up, and we've now taken you to the backyard. And the backyard includes people that try and crawl over your fence and come play on your playground. And that's what's happened. And we've opened up the door now and maybe too fast, too quick, and too wide for some to handle. And that's the fact of it. And it's look, I'm not trying to be the, you know, the Debbie Downer on this deal, but I mean, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a tipping point in this mark, and you just said it. Where some people are going to go, wait a second, this is not this is not what I pull for. This is not the you know that's not why I go to the games on Saturday. I don't go to the games on Saturday to watch a wide receiver at six hundred thousand dollars a year in name, image, and likeness. I went there to watch guys that I saw in high school who were playing for my school. The differentials now are going to be stark, and that's something people are going to have to wrap their arms around. I mean. Look, I don't mind telling you that, you know, it's very uncomfortable when you're broadcasting a game at the collegiate level now to know more than just scholarship, tuition, aid, and, you know, uh, what cost of attendance is in your pocket. Right, Pac? That's a, that's a different feeling than it, you know, right now than it was 10 years ago. And, you know, we talked about 10 years ago, the big concern was, was somebody getting free shoes from a from a from a shoe company, right? Playing AAU ball is that the big problem? And the AAU team is sponsored by a shoe brand that's putting money in somebody's pocket. That was the biggest concern. Well, now let me tell you how that works. <laughs> that's working two and three times, right? And it's not just the shoes, and it's not just the apparel. It's flat cash, and it's coming from a recognized, noted, and listed booster in more often than not cases. I mean, what's transpiring at the University of Miami is no different than what's transpiring at the University of Southern California in some respect. And it's happening at other schools, too. Those are just the two most prominent at this juncture. Well, I'm not naive uh, to tell you that, oh, man, they only got shoes. Hey, people have been getting bought for a long time. All right. So let's not fool ourselves. Uh, Now it's allowed up front where, hey, there are no rules. So if you want to go buy somebody, go ahead, knock yourself out. I think the one thing, though, and again, I was encouraged with a lot of things I heard yesterday. Now, can they get that thing on the fast track into a finish line? And can the American Football Coaches Association, who proposed two transfer windows, uh, the final Sunday, November, the signing day being one, the other one from April the 15th to May 1st, can they pull that off? I hope so. Because to me, that would be encouraging. Transfer windows need to be in place. I said the other day, if you really want to knock this nonsense out, you just make it real simple that, hey, we're going old school again. Hey, you want to transfer? You can. But once you leave, you can't go back, and you got to sit out a year. Now, out. That, that would eliminate all this nonsense. It really would. Now, you want to sue me on that? You go knock yourself out. But here are the rules that we're going to play by. And if you want to be an adult, you want to go get paid, that's cool. Got no problem you getting paid. But you got to make a business decision to attend school X, Y, and Z. You did it for a reason. That's up to you. If you decide to leave that school for a reason, that's up to you. But you got to start putting some guidelines. And again, making you make a decision, it got to be repercussions for your decision, good and bad. I got no issue with that. Here's one other thing to us. And again, I was encouraged with what I heard yesterday on numerous fronts by people I have a great deal of respect for. 
I said this years ago when this name, image, and likeness thing popped up. I said this on radio. I'm going to say it again now on television. I always thought, and again, I'm pro-NIL, that name, image, and likeness should have been tied into graduation. The one thing I do not hear anybody talking about is the word education. I keep hearing about nope. time. I keep hearing about money. I keep hearing about coach did this, player did that, she did that, he said that. I don't hear anybody saying, hey, have we forgotten what college is all about? And this is true whether you're a star wide receiver. This is true whether you're a great softball player. This is true whether you're a chemistry major. The object of the game when you step your foot on a college campus is to get a degree. All right? And it's true whether you're a talented student or a, ta a talented student athlete. I don't hear anybody talking about name, image, and likeness tied into your graduation. And I said this two years right. ago. I'm not a smart guy, but if I was, I would find the smartest attorney in the world and the loophole would be this. I don't care if they pay you $10 million to go to school X. That is awesome. But you don't touch it until you walk across that stage, get your degree, shake the president's hand and go, thank you very much. And if you decide to leave early to go to the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball or the WNBA, awesome, chase it. And that's your dream, that's what your goal is. And if you want to get that piece of change from college, all you got to do is get your degree, whether it's for a dollar or whether it's for $10 million. But I don't hear anybody trying to tie in name, image, and likeness to education. It's gotten completely lost in the conversation. And to me, yeah. that is shameful. Shameful. Oh, I'm with you on that. Uh, there is some movement, though, and it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Uh, the NCAA has uh, decided to kind of jump into this. There's a task force on name, image, and likeness, and it's also geared toward big money boosters. Where's that going to go? We'll talk about that and more. Packer and Durham underway. Don't forget Matt Brown, who's been uh, kind of covering the uh, doings in Phoenix, will also join us top of the hour. And in case you missed it with Christina Foreman yesterday from Duke Softball, all that and more coming up next. Packer and Durham. Since we said adios to you yesterday, a ton of things happened uh, in terms of uh, name, image, and likeness, a transfer portal, coaches talking, ADs talking. Uh, really an important time in college athletics. And Wes, it always somehow gets back to the NCAA and, hey, are you guys paying attention? And uh, they were tied into all of this yesterday afternoon as well. Well, there's several things. The College Football Coaches Association that Todd Barry is the executive director of, they want to talk about transfer windows, right? So how does that set up? So that's one side of this e equation. The other side tends to be this name, image, and likeness task force pack that has, uh, that has picked up a little bit of uh, momentum here. Um, they want university administrators part of this. Uh, they want to finalize guidelines. Um Basically, college leaders, I think, I think now, these are university leaders as much tied to athletics as anything else that want to make sure that you don't have the rogue booster who's running amok on this. But is it too late would be the question. I mean, do you have to almost go back core one on some of this stuff would be my question. 
Well, I, I think you've got to, again, it goes back to any other business. Um, you've got to have rules and regulations. Here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. Uh, boosters being involved with this. I mean, if the NCAA wants to come after them, go after them then. I mean, don't mm -hmm. talk it. Walk it for once. Um, I, I think it's as simple as that, Wes. I mean, schools that don't control their boosters can be sanctioned by the NCAA. All right, great. Sounds awesome. Now go do something about it. Right. I mean, you don't need to tell me in a microphone, go prove it. And so that's kind of, again, I, I go back to what I just said to you 20 minutes ago. Tremendous. I heard things yesterday that I like the sound of, but can you enforce anything? I, I haven't been impressed with the NCAA enforcing anything. So if they right. want to get involved as far as, hey, a billionaire booster XYZ is paying for all this stuff and we think he's tampering or she's tampering or whatever the case may be, well, then go ahead and slam them. You know, you go make a case of somebody and go, guess what we're going to do? We're going to pin you the wall. We're going to take you away from mm -hmm. postseason play. We're going to reduce scholarships. We're going to get, we're going to put show causes on. Go for it. And nobody's stopping you. So if you want to control your business, I highly suggest that may be something you look into. Control your business. Give me some vision. Give me some leadership. Give me some rules and regulations and go after the people that, quite frankly, don't respect your rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. It's the only way you straighten it out. I mean, it's like somebody robs a bank and you go, well, the rule for that is uh, you can't have cookies for dinner tonight. I mean, the guy's going to go rob the bank tomorrow. You know, if you mm -hmm. want to eliminate a problem, go eliminate the problem. And right now, college sports has a lot of problems. So go after it. I mean, you don't need to impress me with a press release. Uh, you know, impress us by straightening out and cleaning up the nonsense that's going on in college athletics. That's what you do. Well, needless to say, one of the headlines in this is going to be that a task force is speaking to big money boosters that NIL sanctions could be coming. Now, this is according to SportsIllustrated.com. Now, SI.com had a pretty in-depth ride on this, including – talking with Miami attorney, South Florida attorney, John Ruiz, who's at the front of the NIL emergence, if you will, with the Hurricanes. He's got more than 100 athletes on NIL agreements through both of his companies, Life Wallet and Cigarette Racing, which is a, uh, a powerboat deal. Uh, now, the question being is this, and Ruiz came to the forefront, Pac, we got to agree with this, Ruiz came to the forefront not long after Mario Cristobal was brought in as coach, right? Because he was considered to be one of the guys that was going to help finance the resurgence of Miami football, correct? And now he's gotten into the NIL game, which was also anticipated. He was one of those guys that looked at – he was involved in the Nigel Pack. In fact, he tweeted Nigel Pack's NIL package as Nigel Pack became a Miami Hurricane. There was also thoughts, too, that Isaiah Wong, when he found out about the PAC transfer, was considering leaving Miami before electing to stay. John Ruiz has also, within the last 12 hours or so, tweeted to the Batcave on a retweet of Jordan Addison going into the portal and having Miami listed as one of the suitors by 24-7 Sports. That's a little out front. That may be more out front than some are comfortable with right now, Tupac. Wes, if you don't fear repercussion, you go about your business. You don't have to be a billionaire. I mean, it's for anybody. I mean, if you don't sense that, hey, there are no rules, there's no regulations, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. So what are you going to do about it? 
So that's what I'm saying. So, hey, NCAA, you want to be big, bad, mighty enforcer? Knock yourself out. What are your rules and regulations? If, if you're right. John Ruiz, and I'm not picking on John Ruiz, I wouldn't know him if he knocked on my front door. And this would be true for any billionaire. This would be true for right. anybody that loves their school that says, hey, listen, man, I'm throwing some money at uh, player X, Y, and Z. I hope he or she comes to my school. If there's right. no sense of fear that there's a repercussion for the actions that you make and there are no rules that you are breaking, you're going to go about your business. I don't care if people don't like it. We're here to win. We're yep. here to put together the greatest team known to man. And I can't wait to walk into my skybox on Saturdays or sit on front court uh, when Westerham's doing a game or whomever and sit there and watch my team kick your team all over the yard because we got the best team money can buy. You know why? Because there are no rules or regulations in place. Now, if you want to stop that, hey, knock yourself out, NCAA or college sports. You got to put in some rules and regulations and mm -hmm. you must enforce. When you find that somebody is caught you got to bury them. You make an example out of them. Otherwise, yep. shh, don't wake up Mark Emmert. He's sound asleep. That's the Correct. deal. That is the and deal. I mean, this it, we, it's a complicated issue that, quite frankly, needs just some really serious topics in terms of, hey, we're going to straighten this out. Great. How are we going to do that? Well, when we set up our rules, what are they? A, B, C, D, E. You make it real clear. Anybody that crosses the line on A, B, C, D, and E, we will bury you. Now, if you want to go ahead and push the envelope, knock yourself out. Because if you think that we're kidding around, please be my guest. Until that happens, though, Wes, if you're John Ruiz, if you're Joey Billionaire, if you're Susan Smith with millions, and you want to say, hey, I love my school, I'm going to go buy player X, Y, and Z, quite frankly, it's kind of where we are right now. And that is the problem. That is the problem. All right, sit tight. When we come back, uh, Pack and Anish yesterday visited with Christina Foreman, outstanding player for Coach Young's softball team at Duke. You'll hear from her next on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham, uh, if you caught the show yesterday, Anish Shroff was sitting in here, the voice of the Carolina Panthers. And we had an opportunity to talk to Christina Foreman, who's an outstanding student athlete with Duke softball. And we had a good conversation with her. But we started by just asking her point blank. Is Duke softball still the team to beat in the ACC? Last year doesn't mean anything. And one game doesn't mean anything. I think going into this tournament, we still have to play with that chip on our shoulder, you know, not getting the credit that we deserve and knowing that, yeah, we may have a target on our back, but that doesn't matter because all we have to do is play Duke softball. And I think everything will work out in our favor and we will be ACC champions again. So just have to be us. You know, that, that's exactly right. You've got to be you. Uh, but, you know, every year is different. And I just mentioned a second ago, last year, the, the talk going into the tournament was, oh, man, Florida State, Clemson, they hadn't seen each other all year. It's going to be the ultimate showdown. At the end of the day, Florida State and Clemson are on the couch and you're holding the trophy. So, I mean, it's a reason we play the game and keep score. But, Christine, it seems like this year in ACC softball, it's better than it's ever been before. I mean, there's five teams consistently ranked in the top 20. Uh, you're part of this. Uh, I mean, you've seen the league. I know the last series is getting started this weekend. But my goodness, it just seems like ACC softball has never, ever been better. Yes, of course. It's definitely an up-and-coming conference, and we catch everyone by surprise. You're like, oh, Notre Dame's in the top 25? Duke's in the top 25? 
Um, but it's just been awesome. Just the level of competition has, has grown, getting us ready for postseason and um, playing these teams every week and just prepare us for, you know, regionals and super regionals. So it's super exciting to see the ACC grow so much and do so well this year. Now, now that schools rearview mirror for the short term, uh, you can focus everything now down the stretch, but this is going to be an uphill climb. I mean, Virginia Tech has been out of sight. They got great pitching. We know about Florida State. Uh, you stole the show last year winning the ACC title. It's not going to be easy moving forward, though, is it? Definitely not. I know that Florida State and both Virginia Tech are going to come back with a vengeance, but you know we're going to give them a run for their money, and they're not going to they're not going to take what's ours. Christina, I want to ask you on on a bit of a serious note. I know softball is a very close community, and you guys played James Madison last month. There was news recently about uh, their starting catcher um, Lauren Burnett taking her life by suicide. What sort of conversation chatter has that generated amongst you and, and your teammates since you guys heard about it? Yeah, of course. So it was obviously really sad to, you know, hear the news of Lauren Burnett. We had just played them a few weeks ago and um, we have a few teammates who are pretty close with some of the girls on the team. So um, it was definitely really saddening to hear. And I think that um, our coaches really took it to heart. Um, actually, last Friday, we had a team meeting where we set some time aside during practice and we kind of talked about the struggles um, that go on with student athletes and, you know, ways that they can mitigate, you know, the process and, you know, being here and as well as just talking with our other teammates to, to open up about some of the struggles that we face and, you know, to know that we're not alone. And so um, our coaches are very adamant and Duke Athletics is also very adamant about um, providing us with a whole bunch of resources that we can do. But, you know, at the end of the day, I know Lauren's teammates didn't know and um, it's definitely tough. So just we these last couple of weeks, we've really just been, you know, coming together really closely and just trying to provide a safe space for anyone to talk about, you know, whatever they need to. And, um, but mental health matters and we're actually having our mental health awareness, uh, weekend this week. And I know it shouldn't just be a weekend. It should be a, a year long thing, but, you know, taking small steps to, you know, raise awareness and, um, cause this, this can't continue to happen. It's been three female student athletes over the last couple months and it's not okay. And so, we're definitely pushing for change. Something has to be done, but it's kind of a sticky situation that we're in. But we're all rallying together and, you know, trying to shed some light on on, on the problems and the struggles. Christine, I'm glad you brought that up because I know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And the ACC, as a matter of fact, is having a summit yesterday and today where all the doctors and physicians are coming in. And, you know, we just take for granted, I think, sitting on a couch watching everybody perform, whether it be women's softball, football, basketball, whatever it is, that everything's cool and fine. But, you know, uh, having uh, two daughters that just graduated through college and going through this COVID process, I know how difficult it is for young people, much less grown adults, but young people to, number one, try to experience the college life, but yet have to go through this pandemic and all the, the bells and whistles and hoops and things you got to jump through. It isn't easy, is it? I mean, it's something that yeah. really having open conversation and dialogue, whether it be amongst your peers, members of your team, you know, on your team, uh, whatever the case may be, it's something that we should all take note of. And regardless of what your age is, what you do for a living, whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, whatever, uh, there is an outlet for help. And I know that's something that's been emphasized by the ACC a great deal. And I love the fact that you brought that up, that that's something that becomes an open dialogue, even amongst your staff and everybody else. Of course.
a great, <laughs> I get, yeah. And you know, you're one of the leaders on this team. You know, do you kind of look at, Hey, what is it that I can do if I see somebody who I think might be struggling? Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, we actually got to I'll talk about this yesterday with one of our sports psychologists talking about maybe some of the signs that you can see, you know, you know, some of them are invisible. Some people, you know, hide it. But um, some of the signs that we talked about were changes of behavior, you know, isolation and things like that. And um, we talked about just asking if they're okay and just doing check-ins with, you know, people that you're close with, because sometimes that's all, that's all they need is someone to acknowledge that, you know, yeah, maybe I have been acting different. Maybe I have um, been feeling off. And so just someone else acknowledging that may, you know, urge them to get help or, you know, make them want to, come from that dark place but you know sometimes it is invisible sometimes you can't see when people are struggling sometimes people are able to hide it and so you know in those cases it's it's tough because you don't really know what to do but um we did definitely talk about some of the signs that um we could identify and, and to get help and I urge all the girls to you know I'm always an open ear a non-judgmental ear and um just a friend at the end of the day because softball is just something that we do but you know, I really love my teammates and the girls on my team for who they are and who they are as women. And they're incredible women. And so I'm just there for them. Christina Foreman, really, really impressive. Uh, got the degrees playing softball. Again, Duke, one of five ACC teams ranked in this week's top 25. ACC tournament getting cranked next week should be a blast. When we come back, it is a very, very busy pre-power hour. Matt Brown. He's coming up. Gabby Sanchez, Brian Penske, and your phone calls. 844-SAY-ACCN. Mark Packer, West Durham. It's Packer and Durham right here on ACC Network. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.